Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you're listening to K Rock. <laughs> no? That's funny. This is, uh, then it should be Kevin and Bean, right? Well, I don't, or is it Mark not, and Brian? I can't remember which guy. No, it was. it was, but Bean is now, he's no longer Kevin and Bean. He moved to England and like quit doing the whole thing. And so now it's like Kevin and Allie and some other chick. I have no Wait, idea. so the Bean lives in England now? Yeah, he moved from Washington to England. Well, if you don't know this, guys, if you were raised in a different part of the country and you were not privy to uh, K-Rock, world-famous K-Rock, I'll have you know, um, like we were because it was local to us, then uh, we're sorry for you. Um, that's just no bueno. Yeah, That's how Kevin we talk here Bean, near the California-Mexico border. Kevin and me never actually got along that well. Really? Yeah, they were just able to oh my move God. past their differences for the sake of the show. And that's why you didn't see it in the show, but they never really got along well. So I think Bean was just finally like, I don't care anymore. I'm staying in radio, but I'm not, I'm not doing the show with you guys. Anymore. No way. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Cause he was even saying that he goes, I'm not leaving radio. I'm just going to do radio over in England. No way, man. I missed all this. You know, it's funny. They popped up the other day. Um, Cause I got an invitation from the Foo Fighters 25 years, baby. And uh, they were like, hey, we're rolling out 25-year concerts. And uh, they're on my bucket list of concerts. I had to make a, a decision years ago to see the Eagles in London or to see the Foo Fighters. And I figured, oh, the Foo Fighters are going to be around a bit more. But, hey, now some of the Eagles are dead. So I made the right choice, man. I got to hear Don, Don Henley and Glenn Fry and Joe Walsh. So I, was, I, I, I chose You wisely. know what I just heard? <laughs> dude you can't be part of the gun culture not like the eagles like that that's like dude, the. this is the way music, pete i have man. spoken 
I don't listen to music. That's true. The only music that Pete listens to when he's rolling around in the sports cars, I got the power. That always in the old movies when they want to show some like power broker, you know, some big player, they'd show him doing that. I got the power. And he'd like flip the keys to some. uh, People think we're joking. It's funny. I I listen to. uh, You do listen to that. Oh, yeah. No, no, I totally do. I listen to satellite radio. My three favorite channels are techno channels. I listen Rad. to uh, BPM, Diplo's Revolution, and uh, Tr- Chill on uh, Sirius XM. Those are my three stations. Some of that stuff is really good. It gets you all fired up. Do you? What do you listen to when you work out? Wayne. Our podcast. Wayne. Wayne's <laughs> sitting really? there going, do one more rep. Do one more rep. <laughs> Isn't the time for taking a mental vacation, Mitchell? Get down and give me 50. Dude, I've never met anyone who enjoys working out as much as him. Like, he's literally like, it feels good. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Shut up. It It hurts. It's not good. He's like, oh, this is great. I'm like, okay, dude, you're just really into working out. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Pain is old leaving the body, man. That's what I feel. I I just feel like it's the old going, oh. Dude, dude, down 90 pounds, baby. 90. Dude, that's so rad. You're calling yourself uh, Skinny Pete. I know Nigel called and uh, felt like Skinny Pete didn't have time for him anymore. <laughs> Skinny Pete doesn't have time for Nigel. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, just regular Pete would would talk to Nigel. But now it's like, ah, Pete got all skinny. He's too good for me now. And, and he is. I mean, let's be fair. Pete, <laughs> Skinny Pete is, 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 is not, way too good for Nigel, no doubt. Skinny Pete's at the top of his game. I'm just saying, watch out for Skinny Pete. That should be like a new meme. Watch out for Skinny Pete. I like it. We should do that. Uh, Brandon? Brandon? (laughs) I don't think Brandon's out there anymore. I put some APBs out to Brandon. I know. He stopped listening to us, like like most of our listeners, long, (laughs) long ago. But we've always got fresh meat. That's the interesting thing to me. I'll have people go, dude, I just started. I just found your podcast. So, uh, you know, I wanted to kick off a new, um, uh, you know, every week, like a new, um, pop culture reference, you know, I was trying those out and they didn't go so well. Remember that? Sure. Came here to plant churches and chew bubble gum. Well, I'm fresh out of bubble gum, you know, from they live, I think right. Wasn't that like rowdy, Roddy Piper or something? Who knows? And, uh, so I had a new one, which is, uh, see if you can tell what movie this is from. I'll even give you a little bit of a of a of an imitation of him. Is this some radical new kind of church planning therapy? That would be a great one, right? Come I have on. no idea what that Bill is. Bill Murray from me. What About Bob? Oh. Is yeah. this some new radical kind of death therapy? Remember he's trying to kill him, he ties him up to the tree with a bomb. No, but I remember oh, that movie being movie. funny. I, oh, I loved that movie. <laughs> I love how how Bill Murray like becomes everyone in the family's best friend except for Richard Dreyfuss. Before there was SpongeBob SquarePants and Squidward, there was Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray in that movie. That is the relationship right there. He's just trying to get him to leave, and he's just becoming his worst nightmare. That is just about the funniest movie. And so, yeah, at the end, he, he ties him up to a tree, and uh, he's going to blow him up. And uh, 
the whole time Bill Murray thinks all this mean stuff he's doing is, is trying to like treat him because he's a psychologist or psychiatrist. Mm. He goes, is this some new radical kind of death therapy? Mm. <laughs> That's again, awesome. fell flat, fell flat, but you know, I'm going to keep trying Pete each week. I'm going to come back with a fresh one. I think it's important that you do. It's funny, man, because as I've shared with you, my whole opinion of church planning has totally changed. Yeah, baby. Come on, like, hit me. No, no, I just, I, I mean, just the stuff that we talked about on the phone, what, what guys are hearing on the, the podcast with my, uh, my Facebook videos that I'm throwing up on the podcast as well. Um, Which, by the way, I watched uh, one of the videos last night. Oh, my gosh, dude. Those are the best. The one I will literally walks I, in. I don't watch anyone's videos on Facebook, but holy cow, those things, I, they're, I mean, just the way he ends that, you know, Pete tries to, uh, 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 Pete tries to teach entrepreneurial skills to Luke. Who's how old is he now? He's eight. Oh my gosh. Cause he, he, he wrote like four comic books and he goes, dad, want to buy my book? Total in the Mitchell spirit, right? Chip off the old block. Dad, want to buy my book? And, and Pete's like, why? And I won't tell you the whole episode. But he's like, no, they've probably already heard it. Cause I'm going to put that on the podcast, which he goes, cause you're this. my dad. And he's like, well, that, that's good, son. But let's, let's look at how life works. You know, no, sell it to me. Well, it's a dollar. No. Okay. You told that that was an offer that, but sell it to me. And uh, dude, the conversation is so freaking funny. And the way he ends it, I text if you, you guys like, want to come on over know. to the house and buy a book, uh, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. He goes, he goes, yeah, it's fine if you want to come by the house and, and, and buy some books. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, man. That was awesome. That was great. That and then is- McKenzie coming in, you know, she always comes in, always breaks into this podcast. And it's kind of, it's kind of her personality. Like, I don't really care about this. But uh, I'm here, and well, then, you need to then know she that. She came back later, and she's like, "Can we do it again? Because I want to be in it longer." <laughs> <laughs> she makes a cameo, and she's like, uh, "I'm going to go get in my PJs. And I'll be back." <laughs> and away well, it's she funny goes. because all right, so part of what I committed to, guys, and, and the reason why you're you're hearing these on the Church Planner podcast is because um, I w- it all relates back to guys who are bivocational and helping them earn more money, helping them have an easier time getting clients, things like that. So I'm like, Hey, look, that's, that's what I do for a living. Like I'm a business growth consultant and I train uh, church planners on how to be a business growth consultant. We've had a bunch of guys go through it who are killing it right now. In fact, dude, uh, Aaron bump. I, I don't think you heard this in the, uh, the Voxer group. <clears throat> no, but I know so Aaron. What's going he's on? like being told, Hey, you need to reach out to this company because they need help with their marketing. So he reaches out and they think he's there to interview for a job. And he's like, no, guys, I'm not here to interview for a job. I'm a consultant. I still have clients. So, you know, let me, let me tell you, you know, let's look at your company. Let's do all that kind of stuff. They ended up hiring him at the C level. He's like chief marketing officer for this big industrial company. Wow. And they let him keep his clients. And he's like, this has totally changed my whole life because I still get to do all my pastor stuff. I still have my church plant. I still get to focus on that. Now I have a huge whale of a client and I get to keep all my other clients. I mean, it's just like guys are, are killing it. So, well, um, you were, you were telling me this morning, you're like, man, some of my guys are almost doing better than me. Oh, dude, <laughs> one guy is, he just like, he calls me yesterday and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're killing it. You're like, can I work for you? You're making so much more than me. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was always the big dog and I'm not the big dog anymore, which I kind of like. 
You know? I'm proud of that, man. Cause that, that was something that was on your heart like years ago, like, dude, I can help these dudes, you know, like some of these guys, cause you and I were getting so many people writing in and you're like, dude, there's just no reason these guys should be poor. It's not that hard. They just don't right. know they what don't know. to do and I can train them. And you know, the stuff that you were giving them is stuff most guys can't afford. No church planner can afford the price tag. And you're like, dude, I'm just going to do it for these guys because they're ministers, which is rad. So, And I still put it at a high price point for ministers. It's just not a high price point in the real It's world. not what you would pay. Because right. when you were going through all this stuff, I mean, yeah. the other guys out there charging for this stuff, they're charging premium prices that but the are real fair. too is it's the community that the pastors have with each other. And what's really cool is I've literally only had one thief come through the group. Like one guy who I'm like, okay, that guy was literally a thief. He was Are there. Are you kidding me? No, he no. He was there not. to take everything out. And- he was there to take everything and had no intention of, of honoring and paying. And, um, wow. Oh, but only one. Like, you, you don't understand. That's like incredibly low. And what's funny is he's prosperity gospel. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, th- those go hand in hand, dude. I'm you know, it's you, right? so funny, dude. There, there's and, and, and this is one of the things that, that really bothers me. Um, prosperity gospel is so insipid and insidious and it, and it infects parts of the church. Even if someone's not overtly prosperity gospel within certain circles of the church, there's this whole idea that God serves me. You know, like when you start hearing language, like you are the blessed, you are the chosen one, I will bless. It's like God becomes your genie. And I will tell you, the only place I had uh, an iPad stolen was when it was left in the Bethel, uh, in the bathroom at Bethel Church, man, um, up in uh, Redding, California. Wow. And, and it was, you know, you can imagine the theology of someone who finds an iPad who has a theology that says that God is going to bless you and he's going to give you possessions and he's everything you want, you name it, you claim it, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes, right. goes with the whole package. Um, but then, you know, that person found it. Did they turn it in? You know what happened? Right. They, they got that iPad. They found it in the bathroom. I'm talking less than like five or 10 minutes. We went back, it was gone. And um, it actually, it wasn't me. It was with people I was with. They left their iPad in the bathroom. Sorry. But, um, but the theology, I knew right away. I was like, someone went, thank you, God. God, I was praying for an iPad and God gave me one. No, go out and work for one and earn it because somebody who did left it in the bathroom, you should probably turn it into the lost and found. But apparently your theology tells you that if you find an iPad, it must have magically dropped from heaven and God wants you to have that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so, so. Some of the, the, the changes, and we'll, we'll get into our topic, which actually I really want to get into because it sounds like a phenomenal topic. But um, so, and, and we shared this, or I shared this, I did a, a podcast episode two episodes ago with Dave Negri. He's a partner of mine in a, another niche. He's also an elder at his church. And he was the one who turned me on to this book, Beyond Business, which I've talked about so many different podcasts. And it, it is literally, it's totally changed my whole view on what I do on um, church planning, on ministry. I mean, it has literally just like warped me because I'm, I'm looking at everything now and I'm going, okay. Um, and I shared this actually on a live stream, which made it onto this podcast uh, the other day. So I, I went to this uh, 
this thing called Genius Network. I'm a member of this thing called Genius Network. It costs 25 grand a year to be in it. And I don't say that to like brag like, oh, look, I can spend 25 grand to go be in this group. But I, I bring it up because you need to understand who's in this group. Pretty much everyone in the group is a seven-figure earner. Like I'm the literally the lowest guy on the totem pole, right? There's probably no one who makes less money than me. I, I, I'm literally that low on this totem pole. There's at least one billionaire that I know of in the group. Most people are seven-figure earners, probably worth you know eight figures. And uh, Pete, does he need a charitable cause to give to? Yeah, no, uh, right. And that see, that's the problem with all these pastors. New breed. You look at business owners and you're like, hey, this is oh, you give to me, right? And you're not you're not yes, really seeing the value that they really bring, and it's not the money, right? right? But that's a whole nother subject. Read beyond business and you'll get what I'm talking about there. But <clears throat> I get what you're talking about already. No, actually, you don't. You need to read the book. You like books. I'm gonna read the book. I know. Sure. You'll 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 probably I go, oh, crap. Books, I gotta go though. back and redo my textbook. Like I know that's what's gonna happen when you read it. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, I got to redo at least a chapter, maybe two. Yeah, 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 probably. But um, but bottom, bottom line is this. So here's the thing that you got to understand about these people. 99.9% .9 of people who are that level of success, like uber successful people, the reason why they're so successful is because of wounds that they have in their life. Trauma is the word that they all use, right? Um, raped as kids, molested, uh, parents left me, physically beaten, uh, abused as a child. Like almost, I, I would literally, I would say 99.9% .9 of them have these deep issues from their, their childhood or, or later, right? It could have been something that happened in college, things like that. I mean, I can't tell you how many of them have been sexually abused, raped, all that stuff. I mean, most of them have multiple marriages, broken marriages, broken lives. And the reason why they really love being in this group is it's like the only group that truly understands them. It's the only troop that gets that they can be a high performance person and be so screwed up. And like, it's really they're They are uh, compensating for these deep issues in their life. And this is just how it manifests in themselves. And they just really excel in business. And I got to push, 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 which then leads to broken relationships today because they're not present in the moment with their family, with their kids, all that kind of stuff. It's probably why they, so many of them go through so many marriages. A lot of them drink a lot. And, and it was, I mean, like you're hearing, how are they solving those problems? And that's the reason why they're all in this group. How are we solving these problems? And you're hearing about the guys who are, you know, doing MDMA, um, and, but they're using it, you know, I don't even know how to put it. They're using it under a doctor's care, if you will, even though it's illegal, right? The doctor will be there with them as they go through these and ayahuasca and like all this crazy stuff. And I'm, I'm listening to this and it finally hits me, it hits me because of the beyond business book and the state of mind I was in. I was like, okay, I wasn't actually planning on continuing. Uh, the the $25,000 group. I was like, all right, you know, I really need more help with business. You guys need more help like in other areas of your life and that's great, but that's not really what I'm looking for. You know, because I don't, I don't have these issues that they have. And it hits me. I'm like, wait a second, Pete. You literally might be the only Christian influence, the only gospel influence they ever get exposed to. And right now you're seen as one of them. I'm like, dude, I, I need to change how I'm looking at this group. And maybe me being in this group has nothing to do with what I'm going to get out of it and everything right. to do with 
how I can share the gospel with these guys. And that's because of the change in my life of going, okay, um, a, a quick, really quick, and I briefly talked about this on one of the other micro podcasts, the videos. By the way, guys, if you want to see the videos when I do them, I do them, uh, trying to do them as live stream, join the bivocational pastor and church planner uh, Facebook page. And, and hopefully, you know, Facebook will show it to you, but it's that page. It's not the church planner magazine page. I didn't really want to like do this over there. Cause that's kind of this thing that, uh, that, uh, Peyton and I have done. And I just, I, I kind of wanted to keep that separate. And then I've always just run all my ads for the bivocational training and stuff that I do under the, the Bible pastor page. I just, I feel like I don't, I'm not stepping on anything. I'm not like, you know, damaging the, the brand, if you will. People already hate me, so you know, hate hate the bivocational pastor and church planner. Hey, you're getting most of the uh, the kind emails these days. I'm saying most of the stupid stuff. We've it's oh, that's funny because I uh, I I actually it still goes to trash if you go Pete at (laughs) churchplannermag.com. So I haven't seen any of them. There's kind stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, oh yeah. There's kind stuff. All right, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, one of the one of the big takeaways is uh, you know this the guy who wrote the book Beyond Business, Lonnie. Grenier or something like that is his name. He goes, you know, when you're a business owner, you are a pastor. You're a pastor of this business. And so like he brings up all the the people that you're able to influence, the families that you're able to influence, the 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 lives that you're in. And you know, we talk about in the missional community movement, you know, doing life together. Well, what is more doing life together than spending 40 plus hours a week with someone? That's doing life together. When you're working together, you're literally doing life together. When you're, wow, what was that? It was my phone. Is That's it weird? An, is that another one of those uh, demonic things? You got a demon over there Dude, throwing crap around the room. That was weird. That I know. Falling. I know. I'm watching. That was weird. Ooh, I got to keep talking then because we're pissing off somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just looking up the book while you're talking. I, so, can, hear, uh, I can hear you type. I knew that's what you're doing. Sorry. Yeah, no, no it's no. $2.99 on Kindle right now. So, is it really? Uh, it wow. is. I overpaid because I did the Audible. No, it's it's a phenomenal book. But um, but so here's, here's, here's the point that I want to get at. And then we're going to get into the topic because I know we're, we're limited on time. The point that I wanted to get to is, so if you... <laughs> And this was this was my point with bivocational. You guys reach far more people than a full time pastor is going to reach per week. When you are out there in the workforce every day, whether it's your own business or you're working for someone, doesn't really matter. But you're spending forty to fifty hours a week talking with people, doing life with people who are not saved, as opposed to the full time guy who who granted, if that's what God's calling him to do, awesome. But he's spending two to four hours a week with someone. And most of the time, they're already saved, right? Most of the time, it's not that they're unsaved. People who go to church are, are already saved for the most part. And um, so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, great idea. You know, you're, you're a pastor of your, your church. You're a pastor of your business. You got your employees. You got your clients, things like that. And then it kind of hits me. And, and um, Wayne and I are working out one day, and all of a sudden, um, we're, we we start talking about this show on Netflix called Messiah. Have you seen that show, Peyton? Oh, you probably uh, you, you you don't even have your headphones in, so you don't even know what I said. So anyway, we're we're talking about this show on uh, on Netflix called Messiah, and it's basically the second coming of Jesus. And you know, it's it's 
I'm not saying it's a good show because I still, I mean, there are some things I'm like, that's totally not what Jesus would say. And there are other times I'm like, okay, that's totally what Jesus would say. Um, but what, uh, while we're talking about it, uh, Wayne goes, Hey, do you remember, uh, do you remember when we first started working, you know, the last few months ago, we would do a little bit of time every day and we would, um, do like a little Bible study. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally remember. He goes, I think we should do that again. And like, it hit me in that moment. Okay. I am a pastor right now. I got a congregation of one. I got one employee who's here at my home. I got Travis who's in Florida, who is actually a pastor as well. And then uh, Ben's who's over in the Philippines. And I'm like, okay, I got one guy right here. I need to take that seriously. Even though it's, you know, a congregation of one, if you will, he's coming to me for spiritual guidance. And I'm like, it's, so I was in this, this mindset, this, this frame of, okay, I am a pastor. I just happen to choose business as my way of reaching the masses. And, uh, and that's why when I was at that genius network, I was like, dude, maybe I need to, maybe I need to see this group differently. Maybe I need to see it as what my job here is to do is to, to be a witness for Christ with people who are probably not going to hear it or accept it from anyone else. Big I'm one time. of them. Big time. And, you know, I mean, I don't think we've even talked about Ben's in the Philippines. He came to faith recently and yeah. uh, got baptized and um, super exciting, man. Like God has totally worked. I mean, there's other than Barry. I mean, everyone who's done something for us has gotten saved. That's true, huh? And Travis. I mean, Travis was already a pastor. But. I, I was actually making the joke about Barry. but <laughs> Well, Barry started working with you at Pillar, so that's what I thought you meant. He did get saved, yeah, through Pillar, but uh, but I was actually just teasing. He's actually one of the co-hosts of the other podcasts I do right now, which is... Uh, um, can you hear that? I'm trying to put my... I'm trying to put my my uh, spit guard will not stay on this stupid thing. I hate it. So, anyways, it's gonna fall in a second, and then I'm gonna get all mad. But um, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, Ministry Ninja. So yeah. So anyway, let me just uh, do a quick little commercial here. If you guys want to see what this uh, bivocational training is that I do, go to missionbybusiness.com. Missionbybusiness.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, you can, uh, you can check it out there and I'm also going to put in the show notes. If you want to get a transcript of this week's episode of this church planner podcast, I'm going to give you a number that you can text into. It's going to be whatever our episode number is, uh, and our phone number. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have to look there. I honestly don't know what episode number we're going to be at because I'm trying to do these daily videos. And I want to post them on our podcast as well. But, uh, so anyway, uh, great Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> so okay. what is today's topic? Well, today's topic is actually how to kickstart your prayer life. So I know all of you have kind of, uh, hit the reset button with the new year. And many of you were thinking, you know, uh, man, how do I, how do I really get back into prayer? And, and I know that, um, particularly for those of you that are bivocational, um, there's no shame or not judging. Prayer is the toughest thing outside of evangelism that you're ever going to do. And nobody really talks about that. Um, it's just assumed. It's like, you know, it's kind of like you just assume that everyone around you is wearing underwear, right? Um, we know Pete and I wear underwear. Oopsie. Because we, <laughs> we've talked about it quite a bit on the, uh, you know, it was funny. Jump School uh, opened up with um, 
this section called uh, Going Commando. You remember that? And people yeah. used to always write me and say, hey, Peyton, not sure if you know this, but uh, Going Commando. Me. And I'm like thinking, yeah, they haven't read Church Zero. They I remember when you, when you said uh, uh, you would call people a new breeder, like if they... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they support it. I'm like, do you understand what the term breeder means? I'm like, uh, and you're like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. And 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 so you know, at the end of the day, um, it's it's like this thing where you just kind of assume that people are praying. But you know, you got to keep in mind that if you're in ministry, what's the number one thing Satan does not want you to do? Pray. So there's going to be all these weird kind of mental plants in your mind. Like, yeah, you haven't prayed in a long time. God's not, he don't want to hear from you. Right. You've got all these obstacles in your way to kickstart or restart your prayer life. And so, um, you know, we could get all into that, but, but I'm assuming that, that the majority of Christian leadership does not pray. And I know that, um, (laughs) I know that's a huge assumption, but, you know, like Wesley, you know, my, my hero who said the only thing you can ever really uh, expect from people is, is to be disappointed. And, and I don't see the power reflected in the church that, that, that I would expect if we were a praying people. I don't see, uh, I don't hear the conversation centering around surrender Independence upon the Holy Spirit that would betray that we are a praying people. Rather, what I often hear is excuses made for, you know, you, you fill in the blank for almost anything else. Your behavior, your this, your that. It's like holiness doesn't even exist as a believer. When I look at Paul, he's talking about the power that works in me according to the power that works in me mightily. Like there was a dude that threw himself down in front of the father in surrender in submission. You know, he talks about his, his thorn in the flesh. So I, I really don't want to go into why I think that people aren't praying, but uh, maybe it offends you. Maybe you're one of those people, those ministers of prayer praise and you, you take it seriously and your prayer life's on track. But for the rest of us, <laughs> for the rest of you out there, I will tell you that um, when I'm, doing frontline ministry, my prayer life swells. It grows because it has to. Um, and so over the years, um, the last couple of years, I'll, I'll be honest, like I've, I've struggled, you know, at times to uh, keep my prayer life, what I would love it to be or what I would like it to be. Um, there are seasons where I will allow work to drown out some of my, my time in prayer. And, and, and what happens is, the more that, uh, you know, it'll, it'll get that way, the more it gets that way. So it becomes like a, a boulder rolling downhill, picks up speed as it goes. Because like I said, you've got the enemy telling you, Hey, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't want you to pray anymore. And there's all kinds of weird little mental things that, that people do sometimes when they're, they're not walking tight with God. Like for example, um, one of the, uh, this is how Pharisees get made. Um, one of the things that Tim Keller brings up is that um, if you're not walking close with the Lord, you might compensate for that, you know, with externals. You might start going, well, I'm going to, I'm going to um, not, I'm going to be extra careful about sin. And, you know, and, and Keller brings up in prodigal God that uh, we become like the older brother. We're really avoiding our relationship with the father um, by being good. 
right? Kind of like the older brother, like the prodigal son knows he needs the relationship with the father to be tight again. Um, the older brother's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good. You should just give me stuff. And um, so it, it, at the end of the day, um, without unpacking all of that, um, let's just talk about it's the new year. Um, many of you, it's the 16th of January when we're recording this. Many of you coming into the new year, you're like, man, I'm, I'm going to pray. You know, I'm going to get back in the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all this. But my prayer life needs to go up again. And rightly, it does. All of our prayer lives need to go up again. But one of the things that um, I think we do sometimes when we try to hit a reset button is we aim too high. We say, oh, I'm going to uh, spend 30 minutes a day in prayer. Okay, great. But if you haven't been spending any time in prayer over the last few months, uh, the chances are that's going to be a, a heavy ass. So what I've always told uh, church, uh, you know, Christians over the years when I've been in pastoral ministry is start with five minutes, right? Like just five minutes. If you prayed every day for five minutes, and I don't care if you set a timer, I tell people you just sit there with God. And if that five minutes, if you, the one thing I would always tell people is I would just sit there and maybe not even say anything, just meditate on the fact that God loves you and he accepts you and he's forgiven you and do that for five minutes. Now, when you start doing that for five minutes um, and you set a timer and that's it, I don't even want you to talk to God. I just want you to, to what we do, uh, what we call meditate on God's goodness and his love towards you. Um, if you want to read some scriptures, I'll tell people, read things like Psalm 51, right? Because that's packed with grace. Read Psalm 139. How numerous are your thoughts of love towards me, O God? If I were to count them, they would outnumber the, the sands of the seashore. Um, now, they, they, these are... train? Yeah, that's my train. Dude, it's much more muffled now. It was that time, wasn't it? But oh it came God. from the other direction, though. So if it comes from the north... It, it tends to, to be a little more muffled, but yes. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, um, so I, I would say just reestablish grace. That's the number one thing in your walk with Jesus. Uh, you know, and think about this, right? Anyone who encountered Jesus other than the Pharisees, Right. Um, the people thought they didn't need him. Well, you, your very act of praying to God is a confession. I need you, right? You're, you're not in the category of a Pharisee. So that means when you come before him, um, even if you're coming like, oh, God, you know, have mercy on me. Jesus says, God hears you. Like these are the promises that you're given is God's going, Jesus says, that's the one guy I do here. Not the Pharisee who goes, oh, God, just want to thank you and praise you today that I'm not like anyone else, not like those guys who don't pray. Um, you're coming before God, and you're just saying, God, I need you. <coughs> and, um, you know, it's funny, as I was starting out just mentioning that there are times I've struggled with the last few years because I've been taken out of frontline mission to help build other people's training and, and different things over the last few years. And, and now I'm feeling God calling me back into a deeper walk with him. Um, really a deeper walk. And I'm like, okay, stuff's getting ready to pop. I, I know what this is. I mm. can feel this. Right. And, um, but I'll never forget I, on the interview that, that I posted on ministry ninja with my uh, preaching mentor, uh, Peter Jeffrey uh, was a guy that, you know, was, 
discipled by Martin Lloyd-Jones, discipled me. Um, he mentioned, I asked him about his prayer life, because if you ever want to hear a guy who's anointed in the pulpit, who had great power, um, I, you, you'd have to listen to the podcast, the interview I did with him to hear what I'm talking about. But his, um, the amount of anointing that dude had, I, I was sure there was a, like this, that was just the tip of the iceberg. And beneath that was this ginormous inverted mountain of prayer life underneath. And he goes, no, he goes, my prayer life, you know, it just very humbly goes, it's not really anything to boast about. I, I, I would, I would, I would suppose I had a very ordinary prayer life. And, um, you know, I, I, I've always wished I prayed more. I mean, that, that was his, you know, his, his thing. And, 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 and the weird thing is, is that Jesus, when he talked about prayer, he didn't tell you like, Hey guys, the hallmark of spirituality is to pray for hours. The longer, the better, baby. This is an American prayer time. The bigger is better, right? America. No, he was like, Hey, when you pray, don't think you'll be here heard because of your many words. He goes, you're addressing the father in heaven. Keep it brief. <laughs> I mean, that's Jesus, right? Keep it brief. Now we know Jesus prayed all night. We know that the, the early church spent hours in corporate prayer, but, but Jesus was kind of knocking things on its head. And I was about to say anyone who encountered Jesus, they were shocked. Like he loved me. He accepted me. He, he like, Yes, he's your creator. He loves you. He made you. Like, he died for you. Of course he's going to receive you. So, so these are the thoughts I always tell people. You, you need to, because that's what, that's what I'm asking you to do, is spend five minutes in, in an encounter with Jesus and, and not to lose heart. So, like, the other thing that Jesus said about prayer, and then we'll get into the practical kickstarting, what, something I'm doing this year that's really helping me that I want to share with you. Um, but... <clears throat> the 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 thing that um that Jesus also said uh the most common thing that Jesus talks about with prayer is um just to pray so like if i think about the people who are winning at prayer they're just the people that turn up right that's it just turn up turn up regularly turn up every day um it's not about hours. It's not about, it's not even about how good you pray. Um, Bible says, Hey, <laughs> when we don't know what to pray, the spirit himself groans through our weakness with utterances or groanings that cannot be uttered. God feel feels and fills that weakness and, and, and that, that inaptitude. And he, he supplies a perfect prayer in the Holy spirit for you. Something mm-hmm. spiritual happens where God goes, cool. And you're like, man, I couldn't stop thinking about cartoons and when's the next Ghostbuster film coming out? And, and God's like, hey, I got you. I got you. You know what's funny is, as you were saying, how um, your recommendation will be to, <clears throat> to just meditate on God's forgiveness and his grace towards you and, and that sort of thing. One of the things that, that I will use, and I'm just offering this up to people if it, if it helps them, <clears throat> but there's usually a sense of disconnect yeah. and that's part of the reason why I'm going to prayer. Um, and so the thing that always gets me and it, it helps me is so instead of focusing on God's grace or his love for me, which is nothing obviously wrong with that. In fact, that's the right, 
a, a right thing to do. Um, the, the thing that I always will start with, focus on, is I literally will just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, mm. was and is and is to come. And I just That's really rad. remember who God is, <laughs> who I am, my place in this thing. He's God, right? I mean, he is God. And that's what that mm. does to me is it just kind of, you know, if you will, it, it checks me. It just, you know, God's holy. He's holy. Yeah. He always was. He always will be. He's God. Mm. And in, for me, I find, uh, I find that a huge benefit to me to just understand my place in this whole thing. He's God. And of course, you know, when you tie that in with, he is God. He is so holy. He always yeah. was. He always will be. And yet, he still gave enough of a crap about me, this lowly mm. little turd of a person, right? <laughs> I was going to say booger. but Booger. I like that. Booger. That's cleaner. <laughs> that's, that's for the cleaner version of Church Planner Podcast. There we go. There we go. And, you know, but, but he, he actually cared about me. And poured out his grace and his mercy and his mm. love on me. And that's, that's just what, what checks me. And I'm just, I'm always like, all right, that's you know, rad. I, I continually screw up. Right. I mean, I just yeah. do. Yeah. And it's like, it just reminds me of who he is and why I shouldn't be screwing up or at least, you know, willing to screw up. Just, I should actually care when I screw up, if that makes any sense. But you know, what's beautiful about that. The fact that you're dwelling on that is they're constantly the elders in, in heaven and, and the people of God are constantly crying out. Holy, holy, yeah. holy is the Lord God almighty. Like that's a constant incense burning right. in his presence because, and I, and I love what RC Sproul used to say. He'd say, you know, the Bible never says love, love, love. In fact, the only thing that's ever mentioned three times is holiness. And of course, um, R.C. Sproul, being the theologian he was, would point out that his grace is part of his holiness. Mm. But his holiness is all of his qualities brought together. There's no other word to describe. Holy means different. He is other, uh, to, to quote, quote Rudolf Otto, like he does. If you've never listened to Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul, you can get that on audio. It's phenomenal and it will change how you think about God. Mm. But he mentions holy, holy, holy. The only thing mentioned three times, and, and that's all of God's attributes and qualities combined make up as holiness, which is beautiful. And I love that that's where you're going because it's so thoroughly biblical to begin with. But, you know, it's funny because part of the, the way I learned to do that, though, and to tell people to, to sit before God like that, you mentioned that disconnect, was something that I read years ago. Um, in John Owen's, oh, what's it called? Um, uh, Walking with God. If you've never read that book, it's a Puritan paperback. I recommend that version because he's kind of hard to read if you don't get a, a modern update. And these are good reformed believers who are eggheads and know how to translate Puritan language into modern vernacular, but um, it's called Walking with God. And in that, John Owen says, um, oh, if we knew how much God loves us, we wouldn't be able, this is, this is how he put it. <clears throat> With our low thoughts of God, we find it difficult to spend one hour with him. And he, he quotes where Jesus says, could you not watch and pray with me for one hour? He says, but if we understood the love he had for us, we could not spend one hour apart from him. Mm. 
And that so rocked me as a young man. I went, so my perspective of God is very important to how I approach him. I, if I knew that, and I, and I knew he was right. And it's funny because around that time, like not to toot my own horn, because I don't do this now. So it's, it doesn't do me any good. But um, <laughs> my wife in the background going, he, um, she still laughs at me. But, uh, you know, I was, we all do. Like, I, I, you know what? And, and it's taken me a long time to realize that, Pete, but two to three hours a day back then that I was spending with God. Mm. And, and I, I was just barely, and then I would come home from church on Sunday and spend the rest of the whole until I went to bed in communion with God. And that did something to me. Um, that changed probably the course of my life forever. <coughs> but Again, I don't want anyone to think it's about hours or times, but Sunday was like my date day with God, and it was pretty rad. But um, I also read books and did other things and drank a lot of tea. But it, anyways, the, the point is, um, what I want to say was um, the way that I learned um, really recently, um, something that I've started doing since the beginning, and I, I my phone's on the ground because it... It was weird, man. Like it literally, I don't know how it did that, but it, it, yeah, it took off. So it's over there. <coughs> but, um, the, um, by the way, thanks for all the biological sounds. I'm sure our listeners are loving I'm so it. sorry, dude. I am so sick and I drank I all my liquid. Did you see that jar, uh, the Mason jar that looked like it was filled with pee that I was drinking out of? That was my vitamin C drink and that's gone now. So I, I thought for sure you're going to make a comment like, Dude, I didn't um, see it, but I, I'm sure you're going to be peeing like in about three seconds because I know how small your bladder is. Can you see my antsiness right now? I, I, I don't take into account when I'm doing a podcast that if I drink this giant a mason uh, jar full of liquid. Yeah, yeah. This 24 ounce uh, up to 30 ounce mason jar right here full of uh, <laughs> liquid. And then I have my coffee cup that I drink, which is about another 12 ounces um, that, that eventually that's, you know, what goes in must come out. I, I don't do that math. We know I'm not good at math and, and I do have a baby bladder, but getting back to the point. So what I started doing was I, I struggle with prayer and I thought, you know, I, I, I it just, and I felt like it was something that God put on my heart and I have enjoyed it so, so much. I just decided I'm going to take a Psalm a day. And I'm going to pray through scripture, but mm. I'm going to pray through Psalms. So I start off Psalm 1, and man, I'm telling you, when you pray through a scripture, not only do you pray. What, <laughs> explain that to me. What does pray through scripture mean? So Psalm 1, right? Let me just, I got to get a drink. I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So. What it means is, so like Psalm 1, right? Um, it starts off, blessed is the man. There's two different types of Psalms. There's ones that are written in third person. Like they're not a guy's prayer. They're like statements. Blessed is the man who does this. He never says I in there. So learning to pray through that is blessed is the man who. Are you, are you going to die on us? What's that? <laughs> I'm like, are you going to die on us? I'm like, all of a sudden you get this face oh, man. and your hand goes to your throat. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm calling 911. I'm telling you, I've been sick 17 days. 
I got three separate illnesses. As an RN, you're able to track your you know, rise and fall. And when you, both times I went on a plane, I picked something up. Three days later, incubation period, bam, got hit again, right when I thought I was getting over the last one. So uh, just a little tidbit, folks, don't fly during uh, flu season. It's a bad idea. But anyways, um, so, you know, I'm praying, Lord, I want to be blessed. You know, I want to be that man. And then it, it, you know, who blesses the man who does not, it all starts off negative who does not stand in the path of sinners, who does not sit in the seat of the scoffer. So I'm confessing all the ways that I do that. Lord, I, I'm, I'm a scoffer. How much do I judge people? You know, I'm on social media like everyone else and everybody else except for me is an idiot. And, uh, you know, we're on the road or whatever. Like the, these are all things that I right away I'm in. It's like, Lord, you know, search my heart. Here's these things. And of course, David prays that. So when you come to that Psalm, you know, you're asking God to search your heart. The ones that are written in the first person, I, I, I are a lot easier. You just make that your prayer. But when they're in the third person, you got to kind of, um, you know, kind of, uh, go the opposite way. What was interesting to me on Psalm 1 when I started that one was I started the whole thing on me, maybe because I was in prayer. Best preparation for your message ever is to pray through passages. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys know this, but when when you're preparing a sermon, if you're just grabbing commentary books, you're not even stopping and meditating and praying on those passages. You're missing the greatest gold that you're going to have that's where God's going to really speak to you. And that's where it's going to penetrate your heart. If it doesn't penetrate your heart, chances are it's not going to do much penetration uh, in the congregation. So, <coughs> excuse me, but <coughs> dude, I'm so sorry. And um, so as he comes to the end of Psalm one, this is something I hadn't seen before is at the end, he starts talking about how, the wicked will not stand in the day of judgment. So in the very beginning, he's talking about where the wicked stand. In the end, he's like, you know, hey, you won't be blessed if you're standing in the place that they stand. But by the end of the psalm, what had never occurred to me before is he's like, but hey, the wicked cannot ever stand in the place that you're standing. They will never be where you are. So how foolish, like the application of that psalm, when you really understand it is, why would I go where they're at? I'm standing in this privileged position that nobody else but a believer can be in. Why would I ever go into those positions? Why would I ever sit there, stand there, walk there? Um, I'm standing in this firm place that only I can be, right? Only only the community of God can be in this place. And it's just powerful. So it's added a new dynamic, one. But number two, it's also, um, it's just kickstarted my prayer life. I mean, you know, once I'm done with that prayer, it's, it's kind of like it's kicking into a lot of things. And this is what I was going to say about the, the five minute thing. I know that if people spend five minutes a day um, doing any combination, you know, you could read. And by the way, if you want to meditate um, daily, I'm going to give a shout out to Paul David Tripp, who wrote what I think is the best devotional on the market, which is New Morning Mercies, a daily gospel devotional. He will give you these amazing grace-filled meditations. He's a a pastoral uh, counselor, um, understands human psychology, understands fig leaf psychology of of human beings before God and applies it beautifully. But um, you could start off with that. 
you could start praying through the Psalms and um, you won't stop there. <laughs> I, I honestly find so much value in that idea. I mean, <clears throat> I'm just sitting here listening to that going, all right, I think I got my marching orders, right? I mean, I love that idea. I really, really love that idea. Yeah, and think about it. You know, 150 psalms, you could go through that twice in the next year. Well, and um, what what kind of crazy habit is that going to be forming in your life? Right. You go I mean, through 150 psalms. Yeah, people go through the Proverbs, and they'll <laughs> use that sometimes as their devotional. I keep trying to get my wife to go through Proverbs 31. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Don't read the others, baby. Just 31. Over and over again. <laughs> so uh uh that's uh peyton at churchplannermag.com yes yes and uh you know the amazing thing is the the proverbs 31 woman incidentally is not the little missus that the 1950s man wanted to be she's quite a heavy hitter she's a capable woman that, i know uh, she needs to go out there and work <laughs> pretty pretty much i mean you know it's interesting, very interesting. But um, anyways, I wanted to uh, to just share that with you guys because to me, it's been a huge blessing. And you know what the value is to me is there are days that are busier than others. And all I'm pretty much doing is eking out a prayer through that psalm. Um, there may not be a bunch. I have those days, but then there's other days where it's just an amazing springboard. And um, I, guys, I, I, I just, I'm on day 16 right now. It is such a blessing. And if you're like, hey, I want to do, I want to be on, because for me, it's like day 16, day 17. Right now, it's matching up with January. That won't always be the case. But you could even, you could start now and just work your way through it. You could even be like, hey, I want to, you know, it doesn't matter. You could jump in at any time. So, but that's it. That's my piece on war. And uh, that's my my suggestion for kickstarting your prayer life. I love it. I love it. Hey, um, so while I'm doing all this praying and stuff, uh, who can help me with all my taxes, my uh, end of the year giving reports, my W-2s if I have any employees? Who, who can help with all that? Simplifyprayer.com. Simplifyprayer.com. Sim- PrayThroughTheSalms.com. I'm going to buy that right now. Um, Dude, actually, that's not a bad <laughs> idea. Right? So uh, luckily, you guys get this a few days later. We already own it. But uh, you know no. how many domains I have that I never do anything I with. Know, I'm I've like, been oh, this is a great mine. idea. I know. Um, simplifyprayer.com uh, is not taken because that's a really bad name. And the one you actually want is simplifychurch.com, which uh, is a business I've used for years. And uh, I was going to go on a rant today about not MoGive, but another company, which re- remain nameless until I send out my emails this week, absolutely trashing them. Um, but there's another giving platform online that uh, uh, you should never go through and uh, they're going to get it. But I would highly recommend simplifychurch.com that uh, is, um, they're amazing. They'll handle your bookkeeping, your IRS compliance, um, anything you need. I literally just had them mail off all of my donor receipts to my donors um, for the year of 2019. Something I don't have to do. They charge me a dollar uh, per, per item for postage and all that stuff. But, uh, dude, that's just something you don't got to worry about. And it's done. And your donors appreciate that. So check them out, somefightchurch.com. I dig it, man. So uh, you want to give us our final uh, send-off? Yes. And uh, it will not be from What About Bob. This will be from What About Pete and Peyton. 
And it is, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.